0: Sorry, Charlie.
1: Welcome to the No Spin Dash Zone. Uh, I'm your host, Isaiah, and I'm joined as always with Stephen. Hello. And Charlie. Hi. This week's episode, entitled The Gex Files, we did, uh, we played uh, Enter the Gecko, which is <laughs> Gex... <laughs> <laughs> we... We did him. We did him. We we did that whole game. No, so so we played the second Gex game in the Gex trilogy. It's on the PS4. It's also on the Nintendo 64. I did think, you think did we You say all... PS4.
2: <laughs> <laughs> <It's>... <laughs>
1: I'm gonna am in a weird place mentally right now, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make a few mistakes. Please correct me. It's on the PlayStation One. It's not on the PS4 unless it was released digitally for the PS4.
2: I don't think it was.
1: Or Naughty Dog Remastered Trilogy, you know.
2: (laughs) Yeah, the Naughty Dog Remastered Gex Trilogy.
1: The Naughty Dog Remastered uh, Crystal Dynamics Trilogy. But yeah, I think we all three played on the PlayStation? No.
2: No? Charlie has been explicit with saying that he has played it on the N64 like five times.
1: (laughs) Okay, so I heard it zero of those five times. So, what,
2: one of those times was today when you asked the exact same question and he responded the exact same way.
1: <laughs> well, okay, last time I asked, he said, Wait, wait, hold on, we have to stop recording. So, <laughs> to be fair, that's where my friggin' brain started paying attention instead of what he actually answered my question with.
2: Yeah, which was a big old no. <laughs>
1: yeah, so so we got uh, two PlayStation's and one Nintendo 64. There are. I've
2: actually I've actually played this game extensively on the N64 as a youth, so I'll say that I kind of count as both.
0: This I think this is one of my first 64 games too.
2: Really? Yeah, this might have been the first game I ever played.
0: It's like my third or fourth.
1: Because this because this was the game that you Steven, like have in the past tried to show me like a long time ago and then this game i believe was the reason you wanted to play these games during our like act breaks for for sonic games
2: yeah well yeah this is specifically the first miniseries i wanted to do but charlie and i have also showed you this game before separately
0: okay i remember you like playing it with me at one point isaiah like you, like, saved the password on your phone and then you lost that phone or whatever. Oh, you know what? I do
1: remember that, yeah.
2: Yeah. We also played it at my previous apartment because... <laughs> I remember that because it was also the night where Charlie got pulled over after we went to see Sausage Party.
0: Wait, did we play... Did we... Did we play that? I... I that sound, that Now that you mentioned it, I, that does sound familiar, but I don't remember bringing my 64. What were we... What was, what was the reason I brought the 64 there in the first place?
2: Well, it was to play Gex, but that was before we went to see it. Uh, We played Gex, and then...
0: We played something afterwards.
2: Yeah, we played Gex again, because you were like, I just want to relax, and I was like, well, let's play Gex, that's relaxing.
0: That was a horrible night. I can't watch Salish's a party ever again.
2: Well, to be fair, that movie is awful. (laughs) Like, getting pulled over notwithstanding.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I imagine if you get pulled over, then it makes it a much worse experience.
0: Anyway, instead of talking about wisecracking food items, let's talk about a wisecracking gecko.
2: Yeah, this game uh, has been a part of Charlie and I's life for a long time, and Isaiah much more recently.
1: Yeah, I, I have gotten a lot of, like, casual playthroughs of the game. And by casual playthroughs, I mean playing the first, like, two levels uh, several times throughout my life. But was, Yeah, you're really into Smellraiser. Yeah, but this was my first, like, deep dive into the game. And my memories, first of all, if you know me, you know that my memories are already garbage. So it... it very much like was different from what I remember. you know.
2: Yeah, well, you're also playing it with like a much more detailed eye, I'd imagine.
1: Oh yeah, I'm I'm just smarter than I was five years ago. You know, that's that's gonna happen. So right off the bat, I have to assume both of you guys are gonna be like that was. A, this was a positive experience, right?
0: More
2: or less. Yeah, for the most part.
0: I would have enjoyed it more if I played it on a PS1, though. I realize.
2: Yeah, I, I'm learning that the N64 version of this game is, like, not, not good. Like,
0: I didn't realize how butchered it was, because apparently it was kind of like a, it was kind of a, it just wasn't done well. I think Midway was doing the, the stuff on yeah, it. Yeah,
2: the game suffers from a lot of problems with things like lag, and just dropped frames in general, and like, really wonky input stuff. And the camera on both versions is bad, but it's... Really bad on the N64.
1: Yeah, the camera is definitely the worst part of the game, just like in the first game. <laughs>
2: well, for different, different reasons. For,
1: for definitely different reasons, for sure. You
2: see everything you need to. It's just how long you get to see it before the camera pans.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's also because it's a cartridge system. There's no like CG cutscenes.
2: Yeah, if you play the N64 there's a
0: lot less apparently they removed 500 voice clips from the n64 version i don't know if that's (laughs) totally true
2: but there's there's also i think four completely missing levels from the n64 version
0: yeah there's some there's some missing levels and some missing bonus levels but they did like get an original level to make up for it but
2: yeah the n64 version has a titanic level that is completely not in the playstation version but it's weird Because it's not like they're in these different locations. Like, they basically took these three unique levels that you unlock by completing certain tasks and replaced them with one level that's already there in the opening hub world. And that one level that's up there is a, like, a Titanic-themed level, which is the only water level in the game, I realized.
0: It's the only water level. It's also the only one with the screen that has Gex on it, and it's just Gex t posing like... I know they're trying to they're trying to recreate <laughs> that like iconic scene from the movie Titanic with the uh, Jack and what's her name, but yeah, it, it's,
2: it's just, calling it T posing is it's
0: th- just by himself and his arms aren't going forward anymore. So it's literally, like they just took the default T
1: pose and his mouth is open a little.
2: <laughs> <laughs> but it's not like a three D model; it is a drawing. <laughs> it's... Yeah, interesting. But yeah, it's. Well, I suppose we should get into what the game is. So, it's kind of like your standard, fair 3D platformer for the N64. It was definitely inspired by Mario, but... Like, Mario 64. But it's not like it doesn't have its own ideas, the way that a lot of games ended up. Yeah. Yeah. Gex obviously still has his ability to wall climb, so that creates some unique puzzles. He can also tail bounce, which is sort of like his response to Mario's unique mobility... Which is in this game, instead of jumping like twice to get more air, if you have a certain rhythm to your button presses and you hold your jump button, whether it's X or A, uh, in midair at about the top of your arc, he'll do a little spring, and you can jump a little higher. He could use this in the first Gex. It just
0: it wasn't as bouncy, and it's a lot. It's just a lot better.
1: Yeah, it yeah. was sort of a fusion of his like higher jump and his like downward attack from the first game, and I could never actually use his higher jump, I couldn't figure out how to do it, but in this, it's much more intuitive, and it's it's very satisfying to do as well, because you have a different sound effect, so you get feedback immediately that you did it right.
2: I also find that it's really fun to just like bounce everywhere because of the sound, yeah. and also... Yeah. When dealing with enemies in this game, he has his tail swipe from the previous game as well. And that's nice for like a little area of effect type attack.
0: Just a ground attack in general.
2: Yeah, but I find it's cool because you get this decision between whether or not you want to approach enemies with a more traditional attack. Or you can just bounce at them and that feels a little safer because you're basically just always in the air when you're bouncing. Right.
1: Yeah, and when you're in the air, you're usually not in danger when you're in the air.
0: It's kind of like Sonic being in a ball when jumping.
2: Yeah, it makes him feel a lot more like Sonic or Mario, where, like, jumping is just the way to beat enemies. Mm -hmm. And in a 3D environment, that's, like, pretty helpful. But it's cool because with Gex, you get less control over him that way, so you have to decide whether you want to be more safe from, like, obstacles in general or enemies in particular. Yeah. And it feels like kind of engaging to have this constant movement thing going on that makes the it makes the worlds feel easier to get around in just because you're always doing something as opposed to just pushing forward. Yeah. So what did you guys think of the first level? Did you try out the horror themed level first or the tune level first?
0: I
1: did the tune level first.
0: I think I did horror. I always seem to go to the horror one first, which you know it's it's weird how this and the first game are just both start with a horror level and. I don't know if you guys had this problem, but the lighting wasn't the best in the 64 version of that level. It was also
1: bad on the PS1. Okay.
2: Yeah. (laughs) Well, it's not lighting, actually. It's literally just all the textures are darkened. Like, Gex himself (laughs) is palette-swapped for a darker Gex.
1: Yeah. I do, by the way, I do really like the way in different, like, environments, Gex has a different outfit. Most of them, at least.
2: It's fun because in the overworld he wears a tuxedo yeah (laughs) because in this game he's supposed to be a secret agent
1: yeah so they have the opening cutscene of him being like yeah the cia contacted me to take down rez because i'm the only one that's been to the media dimension or whatever and after a lot of like giving me money they threw in a suit and i was like okay i'll do it and so then you start the game and he's wearing the suit yeah and some really good secret agent music plays It's my favorite
2: song of the game, probably. Yeah, I
1: I do love
0: me some uh, rip-off James Bond music. Uh,
1: The game actually has a dynamic soundtrack, which is really cool, except for the parts in the game where you just hear the worst part of the song, which I find is most of the cartoon levels.
0: Yeah. One time it just cut out when I got in, like, the the western
1: area.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it just goes quiet because it's supposed to be, like, the ghost town type mood, I think.
1: No, there was a bit where it cut out, and then when I died and respawned, the music actually loaded in properly, and it was a, it was a
2: much more melodic.
0: Yeah, and the music is very adventurous, like Indiana yeah. Jones almost. But there's already kind of an Indiana Jones stage.
2: Yeah. Wait, are you guys talking about the one where it starts with like the?
0: Well, there's that, but we're talking about the cartoon level. How there's a west, there there's like a kind of western-ish segment of it that's at the end of the first one.
2: yeah Yeah, like the tipping rocks and stuff
0: right but it's not supposed to be ghostly it's supposed to sound adventurous it's just that the music cut out that one time
2: well no i thought that it cut out every i thought it always cut out after a short fanfare that i (laughs) i believe that's a bug because it keeps
1: going like when i die and respawn it plays and it keeps going and there's a whole song involved
2: that's weird i don't think i've ever died during one of those segments and had that happen
1: So, I just want to say real quick, I'm very bad at this game. Isaiah, don't touch the cactus. I found out that you were not supposed to touch the cactus, and then I (laughs) respawned, and then the music started playing.
2: I found... I I was playing the game, and I thought to myself, like, I might be much better at this than, like, humans are supposed to be.
0: (laughs) I mean, I was doing alright. I didn't get a game over until, like, a really late game. Because it's relatively generous with the lives, because in levels... You know, in the first game, you had like just generic like golden flies. But in this game, every level has its own uh, kind of collectible, and when you get 30 of it, you get an extra life, and then you get a new kind of collectible, and then you get then you get 40 of that, and you get another level one up, and then you get 50 of the next one, next theme item, and then you uh, get a silver slash white remote. And there's two the yeah. level, one for the collectibles and one for a secret hidden one.
2: Yeah, and so it should be noted that this game replaces the stars that you would find in Mario or the puzzle pieces that you would find in Banjo-Kazooie, all those different things. It's collectible is remotes, and you get red ones for completing mission objectives, and the mission objectives are usually just get to from point A to point B, but yeah. sometimes they'll have mission objectives like find five items in the environment, destroy all five, and then get to the mission objective. Stuff like that. And when you collect bread remotes, that's how you unlock boss fights, and then new areas. And when you get the white remotes, which, as Charlie said, can be found by collecting... What is it? 130 it's items 100 total? Or it's a...
1: It's, it's 30, 40, and then 50, which...
2: So it's 100 and... 120. 20. 120 items. Sorry. Uh, if you collect 120 items, basically, you get a silver remote, and if you find... There's a secret remote in each level that doesn't take you out of the level, but if you find it, you know, you get the secret remote... And if you find enough silver ones, you unlock these bonus levels that give you golden remotes. And boss fights also give you golden remotes.
1: Uh, I, I think I like this system as like, it's sort of like half of it is the traditional Mario 64, like go into the level from the same place and then do different objectives from within that level. And the other half is there are these optional objectives that are slightly less valuable, but they, they add up. Uh, And they don't take you out of the level. And I definitely like that system a lot more than Gex 1's system, which is get to the end of the level, but also find this thing that blends in with the background. And if you don't find that thing, then you might as well not have beaten the level. Just look for the giant TV.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it was really bad in the previous one. I like much better the system.
1: Yeah. Um, Especially because the first game made you feel like, because there were so many branching places and you felt like you had to explore them so there was this like getting lost anxiety where if I get too far down one fork I get like upset you know yeah because I don't know if I'm missing something on the other fork or if I'm gonna reach a dead end soon whereas in this game because it starts by being like oh yeah there's going to be branching because there's different objectives and there's going to be something everywhere So no matter where you go, you're going to find something. I go, okay, so I actually want to explore and I don't mind that I'm not going in the other direction because I know I'll go there later the next time I spawn into this world.
2: Yeah. So how do you guys feel about the way that the 3D environments are designed in this game?
1: It depends on the environment, honestly.
2: Yeah, they are kind of vastly different because some of the levels are really, really vertical and others are these just vast open spaces.
1: (laughs) Yeah, it's almost as if each environment was designed by a different person, which is kind of cool, like they, they have their own structure of how they're going to be designed based on what the environment is going to look like and what its theme is, but that also is sometimes frustrating because, for example, I really hated the cartoon level
2: like uh did you only play the the one of it or did you play the second iteration I played
1: of it? the second one as well and I was equally well not quite as but still very much like I don't like this cuz it felt like it's hard for me to describe but it felt like cheap not not cheap in like a oh man that game it, it got me by using a cheap strategy it felt like it was
2: under designed
1: yeah under designed yeah and i think a part of that is like it was very flat landscapes with very simple colors so it right. was like it was almost like it felt not professional it felt amateur i guess which yeah. i don't like saying because it feels kind of gatekeepy i guess
2: but there there's stuff that i liked in that level as a kid like i really liked the when you get on those girders that tip up and down and the different music starts playing, I really like that. And I like the way those function mechanically. And I also enjoy, like, the... There's a space that you can walk on, which you don't really have to walk on it in the first version of the level, but in the second version of the level it becomes more of a regular obstacle. But there's a place where stuff falls on you like it did in the cartoon level from the previous game. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just like that segment because it, like, seems funny and dangerous in a way that's not, like... Yeah, sometimes a fat lady drops...
1: Yeah, they have several different objects that drop, and sometimes it's an anvil, sometimes it's a fat lady, etc.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's a kitchen sink, and they just squish in fun ways, so I liked that as a kid. Yeah. And I also like that level's secret remote, because it sort of feels aimless, that level, but in a way that I think is sort of inviting to a player that hasn't played a lot of 3D games. Yeah. Because it gives you this environment where you're immediately presented with options for challenge. Like, you can go to the place where stuff falls, or you can just walk around it. hmm And you can take these, like, gentle slopes to get where you need to go, which is really easy. Or you can use the spring jump to sort of interact with the environment in more unique ways. There's lots of, like, easy-to-deal-with enemies right away. Yeah. That you can just kind of get away from by just walking away. They don't really chase you that much. Yeah. And there's lots of neat little secrets to find in that first area.
1: The first, I think the first third of that first cartoon level
2: is really good as an opening level for a 3D game. Yeah. Yeah, just uh, design-wise, I get what you mean when you say that the art assets aren't that impressive. Like, if, yeah. you, if the whole game were like this, it would definitely not be great. Yeah. Whereas I think if the, if the whole game were based on any of the other level themes, I think you could still stomach it. I think this one doesn't hold up as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I was actually surprised, I guess, in later levels when I found out that they were structured very differently. Like, the secret remote had to be seriously looked for. In the original, In the first level, you can just sort of see it up there a little bit. You know, yeah. it's actually very close to your starting point. You can't necessarily see it from there, but you don't have to travel all that far to get to it. And it becomes much more of a challenge in later levels. You have to have already... Like known that there is a secret remote, which of course, this lets you know there is. The space yeah. ones are kind of easy to find, the one of the space levels.
2: Yeah, because the space levels are such a like funnel to things. I don't yeah. know if the PS1 game does this, but at the
0: end of the N64, it shows you where all the secret remotes are. It does a little montage.
2: Oh, hmm. I, Maybe I didn't see that. Because there's no well, cutscenes,
0: so they gotta do something.
2: Yeah, I don't think that it does that, but I... I, like, 100% completed the game before fighting the final boss. So Right, it, it's, it still
0: showed me the ones that I did find, but still.
2: Oh, okay. Well, I was going to say, like, if it maybe it didn't show me just because I already had them all, and there'd be no point. But I got a video that was really cool yeah. at the end. If you 100% the game on the PlayStation version, you get this video that shows you a bunch of concept art. For yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. I, I watched a video of that.
2: Yeah, it shows you a bunch of concept art for, like, the enemies and the stages and some other things too.
0: Small footnote, because there was no cutscenes, I decided to look up the instruction booklet for this game. And it does have like verbatim like the intro sequence, but just in words on the 64 oh, manu- manual. Man. Does so. it
2: include the part where he farts at the CIA agent?
0: I think so.
2: Cuz it was a pretty it was a
0: pretty hefty piece of text, so I imagine it had every detail plus me I had forgotten
1: more. that Gex yeah, th- was like So they whisked me away to interrogation 101. They play rough. Start giving me the business.
0: Mm. I give a little back.
2: (laughs) That
1: that joke was slightly funnier to me than I would have preferred. Yeah, than it had
2: any right to be.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like I was like, they really just got me to be slightly amused by a fart joke. Isaiah, it's okay to laugh at a fart joke. They can be well executed. It can be. And Especially when it's not
0: used over and over
1: again. Yeah, that, that is the one fart joke in the game, I believe.
2: It's not like the previous game where an entire boss is a fart joke.
1: Yeah. Or
0: like after you beat a level, it just throws up on the screen.
2: I mean, that's how like Isaiah felt playing that stage, so it makes sense.
1: That's true. Uh, also, I hated playing this game until I turned the camera setting to manual.
2: Yeah, I turned it to manual instantaneously.
1: I didn't understand what those that those symbols in the options menu were referring to the camera. And by options menu, I of course mean the pause menu.
2: And by pause menu, you mean the, the pause menu and not the status menu. Because if you hit select, it takes you to a completely different pause menu in the overworld.
1: Yes. Which I can get down with, personally.
2: Yeah, it confused me initially. Also, you can hit... You can open your stats and then you can pause. I don't know if you noticed that.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I did notice. It's a bit silly. Well, and also, uh, pausing with the select menu doesn't pause the music, but pausing with the start
2: menu does. Yeah, it's weird. But they both darken the screen.
1: Yeah. Actually, maybe I should boot up the game and see if the hands covering the screen is also a thing. No, it's not. Dang.
2: It's not. Alright. But there are other weird secrets in this game. So, Charlie, what's uh, what's your favorite level?
0: my favorite level i think my first my favorite level is the first uh kung fu theater level oh yeah yeah i like how it's just in a town and there's the dragon fight and so the soundtrack is kind of different and like i think a lot of stages have several different songs for a particular type but in this game it's not that because of the storage but i yeah. really like like the uh Oriental industrial percussion that they put in the 64 version that when I I tried listening to it in the PS1 version doesn't have the the same flow and I can only find one video online of the N64 soundtrack and it's one of those dumb old ones where it's like, hey, I'm going to give you an intro
1: with all my channel stuff (laughs) before you can listen to the stupid song. Windows Movie Maker, like, regular fonts with a guitar riff in the background.
2: Right. huge In- shift on an image of Gex.
1: <laughs> plus
0: the kung fu level does have a reference to man with the golden gun so i'm a fan of that
2: mm-hmm. yeah i like the i like the music from the kung fu level too
1: is there is there a list is there a list of enter the gecko quotes
2: oh boy yeah, you better is. believe it <laughs> all right i want to i want to look through those while you're doing that so i want to talk about this game like before has a lot of different themes for levels but instead of like the previous game where a whole world has a theme and this game each segment of the game which is weird because it's kind of divided into like parts of this sort of marbled like fortress type deal but basically you open the game in an area where you can go left up a slope or right up a slope to the first two levels of the game which are a toon level and a horror themed level Mm -hmm. i think specifically they're called toon tv and scream tv yeah yeah and when you go into them you'll notice right away that each level even down to the fundamental design is different based on the theme so the tune level the first one like we've talked about is sort of just this open environment that you can mess around in for a little bit and then it funnels you into a like almost crash bandicoot style like tube level where you just move forward and deal with obstacles as they come it's not as like closed as crash bandicoot is but that's really the only thing i can think of to compare it to that's like a 3d mm-hmm. game
0: Are you talking about the levels in themselves?
2: Well, I was talking about the first toon level has this sort of, like, funnel-type design where it's really open at first, and then it puts you in a tube to let you...
0: It's really a mix of, uh, 64 and Bandicoot.
2: Yeah. But the, uh, the first horror-themed level is different in that it's got, like...
0: Branching paths.
2: Yeah, it's got a branching paths-type environment with completely different things, and it's also the first level to have a destroy the however many objects objective
0: right yeah so question about that how many how many blood containers you have to destroy in that one uh, you have to five.
2: destroy five and there are only five
0: okay i thought it was five i was looking at a guide and it said eight and i was really confused so i thought it was a version difference but it wasn't so i don't
2: No, that is the next horror themed level
0: oh that must have been that must have been the one that was cut out then because i don't remember that being in the one i played the second one
2: yeah that is the level i forget what it's called I think it's Poltergex.
0: Yeah, that would make yeah. sense. Poltergex.
2: Yeah, in the second one, you have to destroy eight blood containers. That was one of the hardest ones for me. It wasn't impossible, but it was really tough.
1: Right. I would like to say for the for the Scream TV levels, I really like the like art style, but I really hated the level design structure.
2: <laughs> yeah, the first the. Those are in the first two worlds. You get a Scream TV level and then another Scream TV level in the second one. And yeah. And their designs are very maze-like.
0: Yeah. The second one I had a, a bit of issue with. I actually just beat the third mission for that the first time before recording. This game
1: overall has an issue where it'll be like, Oh, well, you failed this challenge? That's okay. Uh, we're just going to put you back uh, about one minute like, of level like, we're not going to hurt you, we're just going to make you redo this entire series of platforming bits. And also, the more progress you make before failing, the farther back you're going to go when you fail.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: checkpoints yeah. aren't
1: really well laid out
0: in this game. Yeah,
2: they're super sparse.
0: On the bright side, on levels where there's like there's less remotes and collectibles in general, it gets lets you collect more collectibles and get the silver
2: remote for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I will say, dying resets enemies... And, like we said in this game before, you need to collect more than a hundred of this game's, like, everywhere collectibles. And because dying resets enemies, enemies can drop more collectibles. So if you die a lot, you end up getting more collectibles, which means that the first time you go through a level, it's pretty easy to get the collect-a-bunch-of-things remote. Mm -hmm. Because you'll be dying quite a bit while you figure out the, uh, layout. So it feels, like, less crippling.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like, also... You know, when you get those collectibles, they give you a one-up, so yeah. it's sort of like you'll you'll get your life back a lot of the time. Not all the time, but yeah, and, enough. And I
2: found myself not dying too much until much later in the game, so I usually had around ten lives at the least.
1: I actually found in a lot of levels, getting all of the collectibles you needed to get the silver remote was really difficult. Yeah, yeah especially
0: it- in like the ones with only two remotes in them.
1: There was actually a Scream TV level where I was missing, like, five, and I got to the end, and I was like, oh, well, this is the worst way to be, (laughs) because I'm at the end, do I want to backtrack and get five more? And I ended up doing that for several minutes, only to have several minutes of no collectibles, and then
2: I ended up dying, and I was like, well, that problem solves itself. Yeah, (laughs) The way you kind of have to do it for most levels is either die a lot and end up just collecting the ones you need from enemies that respawn, or going through two paths, basically. Yeah, which is not ideal. I don't really mind it that much, actually, like, because you don't need the silver remotes for anything.
1: That level, also, once I beat it, I was like, alright, time to stop playing for now. (laughs) Time to take a break. That was my exit point for the hour.
2: Yeah, I feel that this game does a pretty good job of giving you options to, like, not have to play the levels that you don't like as much.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That is also true. There there were several levels that I was like, I actually don't want to do the second bit of this, so I'm not going to. And the game was like, okay, you don't have to. We, you just unlocked a, a whole different set of levels.
0: Yeah, I would say the game gives you more leeway than Banjo does when getting like the main collectible before the final boss, but maybe not as much as Mario, but Mario was super expansive and the final boss doesn't cost a lot anyway.
2: Yeah, it's only like half of the red remotes to get to the final boss, right?
0: No, well, maybe in the PS One version, but it's like it's a relati- it's a relatively significant percentage in the sixty-four version.
2: I'm gonna go look up what it was because I remember having a lot left over after I, like, unlocked the final boss. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's more like two thirds, but you can you, you don't have to play most of the hard levels.
1: Right? Yeah, my my experience was I could probably have skipped around half of the levels, maybe not quite half. But and I, I didn't get all the way through the game I didn't unlock the final boss but there were plenty of levels that I just never ended up touching not for lack of a desire to but just because it was like oh I just don't have to
2: right like no reason to go to Scream TV again basically yeah
1: like that's <laughs> if I could avoid Scream TV that's what I did
2: yeah Scream TV is tough I, but I do like the visual design of it so it makes it, it, it makes it a little easier to play like it's fun to look at all the like paintings and stuff yeah so I'd like to ask you guys basically for a thumbs up thumbs down on each sort of like design ethos for levels. Yeah. Thumbs up. So, you mean in general or
0: I mean there's more reva- there's more variety.
2: I wanted to go over each level. So, we've got Toon TV. So, for the first one, Out of Tune, which I consider to be the first level of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first one that if you're opening the sort of completion menu, it's the first one that you pass through. And I think it's obviously designed to be a little easier going. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that?
1: I I mean, I like the design of the first third of it, but I don't like the visuals for it, like, at all. Especially, yeah. especially compared to the first game.
2: Yeah, the tune section in the first game is... Probably the best section of the game,
1: and and the music for Enter the Gecko
2: is worse for the tune level too. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's overall a general downgrade. I yeah. don't know.
0: I I kind of like. I mean, we're just talking about the first one, not the second one.
2: The first one was the first tune level. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
0: I mean, I like the whole going to rabbit hole and then popping out as Bugs Bunny, or, you know, it's supposed to be Bugs Bunny, and yeah. yeah, killing the hunters for a remote. I really like that concept.
1: I, I do like the visual bit of you're in a rabbit costume, and there's a sign that says, like, rabbit season open, you know?
2: Isn't it also, like, crossed out for gecko season or something? No, so
1: what happens is... Oh, that's uh, the next level. In the next level, the word rabbit is crossed out, and it says duck season, but Yay. now you're wearing a duck costume... And you look a lot closer to Daffy Duck
0: than you previously looked like to Bugs Bunny.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's like copyright infringement.
0: (laughs) There's a gag in the uh, in the first section of the level where there's like there's a thing that pushes you off and then there's just a a rabbit silhouette on it.
2: I think that's actually supposed to be Wiley Coyote. That's probably true. Yeah. But I figured it was more.
0: I figured it felt, felt fit with the rest of it. The rabbit.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, there's definitely a lot of uh, Looney Tunes going on in this level. Mm-hmm. But after that, we have the second level, which is Smell Razor.
1: Smell Razor.
2: <laughs> oh it's because of the heck word. Yeah, that's the it's one. It's the dark. Oh, also, I'm generally a thumbs up on the level out of tune. The first tune level. Are,
0: are we seriously gonna do this for all the levels? By the way. Yeah,
2: just really quick. Just a couple. Okay,
0: we better
1: make it quick then. <laughs>
2: <sighs> We've got an hour long podcast.
1: you <laughs> I'll, I'll be thumbs up on on the the. Diff- the first tune. I,
2: I think that the first part sells it really well. The yeah. second part... Well, I thought
0: we were on the horror level. I, uh, I well, just... No, Isaiah, yeah, never mind, I'm sorry. I'm making these worse. Isaiah
2: was deciding <laughs> his, his thumbs up or thumbs down. Yeah. So okay. as for the
1: horror level, I love the visuals, but I hate the level design, so I think I have to go thumbs down. Yeah, I'm gonna go with a thumbs
2: down. Yeah, of all the themes in general, this horror one is definitely on my lower part of the list, and I think that the first one is is not great. I don't think it's super interesting. Mm-hmm. So, the next level, and I don't know if this is the next in the order, but the next one that I usually play is Circuit Central, which is the first sort of like it's like a computer-themed level? It's yeah. not space-themed.
1: It's, it's a Tron-themed level.
2: Yeah, you're in inside of a computer more or less and the first iteration of that is called www.com it's
0: <laughs> w- it's www.com.com
2: yeah
1: also <laughs> I, I would like to share my favorite quote from that level oh no which is oh no boys Tron didn't work once, it's not gonna work twice. That was my
0: favorite. (laughs) (laughs) It just works because there's already a second Tron movie and
1: it didn't work. there's a second (laughs) Tron movie that came out after this game. (laughs) And people say this game is dated. Which makes the quote work so much better. And also, every single video game has a Tron level.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: like, this is very much like, hey, let's make fun of every game that does this by being one of them.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, do you guys like... So this level features a unique mechanic where Gex can power up by touching of this green orb, and then he temporarily glows green? And it yeah. also, it's really cool because it changes the music, but it lets you do certain things with level items. Like, it'll let you bounce higher on certain platforms, and it will make other platforms extend. How do you guys feel about that? I
1: see it as he's, like, electrically charged, and so he powers the things by touching them when he's electrically charged.
2: Yeah, for sure. And the floating thing is definitely like a battery. Yeah, of sorts. Um,
1: I really like that it changes the music because it's like, oh yeah, this is the power-up music. You're gonna hear it a lot, so we actually wrote, like, six different ones so you wouldn't get sick of it.
2: Not in the N64 version. (laughs) Oh, no! (laughs) I do really like the one song they chose for the N64 version, though. I think it's my favorite. But I,
1: every, like, every time I got the power-up, I was like, oh, sweet, a new, like, this song. I I like this one. And then a different one plays, and I'm like, oh, I like this one, too.
2: Yeah, I was blown away by that because I always grew up on the N64 version so when yeah. I heard the different Circuit Central <laughs> songs I was like wow this is really this would have made it a lot better because that level is a little tough how do you feel about that level trailer
0: I don't remember I think it's I think I prefer the
2: second one a bit more the second one definitely explores the ideas more
1: yeah so I guess I'll give it a thumbs down for now I don't know I feel like the level was a little bit annoying, but it was a little bit annoying in the way that all of the levels in this game are a little bit annoying.
2: Like it's just hard to get used to because of the controls.
1: Yeah. Uh, This was also the level where I was like, I can't play this anymore, and then I switched to manual controls and I was like, oh, I can play it now.
2: So were you not hitting the tooltips in the overworld?
1: Uh, The overworld, I don't remember the tooltips ever telling me that I can change my camera settings.
2: The first one tells you how to change your camera settings.
1: Cool. That's good to
2: know. That's my bad. (laughs) That's okay. (laughs) So just... I don't know if we mentioned it yet, but the first circuit central level is designed as a sort of tower that you climb, and you can decide to go to one room at the top or another room at the opposite end of the top of this tower, and then they take you into two other towers that you have to go through, and they each have slightly different obstacles. But it's the first... To red remote level? Yeah. It, it also, like, works surprisingly
1: well as a vertical level. Like, I would expect, especially from the way this game is designed, that a vertical level would be really annoying because you fall down and you lose all your progress. But, uh, despite the fact that falling down and losing progress is a core part of this game's level, it happens in such a small dose at a time that it's okay.
2: Yeah, because it's three separate towers that you're climbing and a lot of them give you this sort of scaffolding to catch yourself. It's yeah. not as bad as it as I thought it might be. I actually, I like this level quite a bit. I think it's a really good way to teach you how to learn how to like position your jumps with the weird camera. Mm-hmm. But I think I think this is probably like in the middle for me of my level themes in general, but yeah. I'd probably give it a thumbs up. I'd I give it a thumbs up. And then after that, we have the first Kung Fu theater level, which is uh, Mao Tung.
0: That's a little
2: topical. Anyway, this, like Charlie said, this is his favorite level. It's a sort of like Chinatown idea where you go into this place with a lot of places to eat food.
1: I liked the way the level just sort of rewarded me for exploring by being like, surprise, that was actually the right way to go.
0: Oh, yeah, I have to break into shops?
2: Yeah. Yeah, you open in a space with, like, these four shops, and two of them you can go into, and they have doors that take you to different places, and if you go up one of them, it sort of takes you, like... Higher to the, up. Yeah, it takes you higher up to, like, the second and third levels of the space, which is really fun to, like, come back to it. You also fight ninjas on rooftops, which is yeah. really fun. Mm-hmm. So
1: So the second phase of the level is just
2: the rooftops, like...
1: And if you fall down, you're back in the first phase of the level, which can be annoying. But uh, they put a checkpoint right at the beginning of it, so you can just die and then respawn back up there.
2: Yeah, also, any obstacles that you take care of are gone after you fall down, so it's pretty easy to, like, yeah. shoot your way back to the to the rooftops. Yeah. But the other half of the level is this neat little, like... I actually, I can't remember... Like, which segments... Because one of them doesn't take you up at all. It just takes you through a little obstacle course that's, like, a few different rooms. Mm. But is the one that has all of the, like, flipping golden... Diamonds is that the one where you don't go up the rooftops? Uh yes. I don't okay. think I actually played that one. Oh, yeah. So the, uh, that's the second like remote that you can get is you go into I think it's like first the first restaurant on your right and if you go through there, it takes you to this really cool segment where you have to like get you basically it's got a bunch of these rooms where the setup is there's platforms and if you fall down, you go back to the beginning of the room and you jump up the platforms again. Yeah. Like that sort of like box type environment and once you complete it you jump onto a wall at the end of it, and then Gex holds on because he's a gecko, so he like wall climbs to this one tiny square, and then yeah. that square rotates and takes you to a different place. Oh, interesting! And it felt really fun to like go through environments that way because it does this nice little camera pan too, and it's just fun to like beat up ninjas in a bunch of different rooms. I feel like it captures the kung fu movie like feel really well. I also
0: yeah. like the sequence of you uh landing on the pad, and then it flips upside down and takes you to another room.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. I like that sequence a lot.
1: So, so. Something that going through these levels is sort of highlighting is that in addition to each each level having a theme and those themes can be repeated and stuff like that, each individual remote within the level has a thing that it's about that it primarily focuses on, which is different even within the same like channel. Yeah. Which is very cool. Like we have two remotes within the same set of levels where you're taking down you're taking different routes, but it's not just here's different level design. It's those things are about something different. Yeah, like, you know? one
2: of them is about exploring the rooftops, and the other one is about, like, running through this sort of, like, kung fu movie-style, like, ninja attack rooms. Like, yeah. it's it's really neat. I feel like it also does a really good job of, talk of, like, that Gex-only thing that we were talking about, which is just capturing the mood of movies and TV at the time. Yeah. And I think that's really, really cool. So after that, we've got the second Scream TV level, Frankensteinfeld. Thumbs down.
1: Thumbs down. Thumbs down. That was the most frustrating level that i have played in that game yeah yeah it's not great the third
0: remote's a little tedious to get to
2: it does also have the secret remote that is hidden behind a wall
0: yeah i couldn't find that wall like i saw in the credits i
1: have no idea where it was
2: there's a pumpkin that's jumping up and down in front of a wall and if you kill that pumpkin you can walk through the wall and there's a remote there
1: I don't think I found the secret remote for that level.
2: Yeah, I didn't think you guys would. It's not like... I don't know... I, I don't know how I feel about it because that kind of design sort of speaks to me. Like, even when something is invisible, I can feel like... I can it's feel presence. it out when there's something interesting somewhere because the next... Um, the next Scream TV level, Poltergex, which is not in the uh, Nintendo 64 version, but in Poltergex, there's a bunch of invisible walls. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, there's... They're a little easier to find, I feel, but in this one, I think that there's only like one invisible wall and it's the one that you need to find to get the secret remote but i found it right away and i kind of remembered it from when i was a kid but i think that them putting basically there's this wall that has a window on it and the window is the pass through of a portion and directly in front of that is a pumpkin and a platform that are out of the way Mm. so it draws your attention because it looks weird yeah. But if you're thinking strictly as, like, I hate this level, I want to get to the end, it's easy <laughs> to see where you would ignore it.
1: I think I probably know what place you're talking about.
2: Yeah, it draws your attention. It's not mm-hmm. it's not easy to miss, but you wouldn't check it out if you were like, I don't want to jump over this bottomless pit, because that's the first level where you can really die easily. Yeah. Like, before that, there's not... I don't think there's any bottomless pits before that, right?
1: Uh, Yeah, pretty much. The bottomless yeah. fits start in that level exactly.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, and that's and that's also when the game sort of takes this turn where it's like, all right, we're not gonna hold your hand anymore. If you die, you're dead. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not a huge fan of that level either. So, oh, you know, what we didn't talk about the bosses. How do you guys feel about the first boss of the game? Uh, boring. Yeah,
1: I do like the Gilligan's Isle outfit though.
2: Yes, <laughs> his hat is great.
1: It's so that boss is just like these dudes shoot balls at you and you have to hit the balls back.
2: Yeah, Gilligex Isle, the Tiki Brothers.
1: Yeah, with a caveat that you have to actually aim when you're hitting it back.
2: Yeah, it's bad. Which doesn't work. It's not like Ganondorf from uh, Ocarina of Time, where it, like is pretty nice to you. Yeah. That that being said, the hitbox on the fireballs is really big. Oh yeah. So it's not it's not like you end up getting hit a lot. It's not
1: it's not super hard. Like it just sort of feels arbitrary when the ball misses them.
2: Yeah. It's not great. I, uh, how'd you guys feel about Mushu Pork? Because that's where we're at now. Uh,
1: Mushu Pork. Uh, I liked it actually. It was interesting.
2: Yeah, I like the idea of it, where it's like you have to sort of like chase him around.
1: Yeah, I could quite so this boss the way this boss works is there's uh, a switch that if you hit will electrocute
2: him and he
1: gets mad so he he's a giant
2: pig by the way he is a he's not only a giant pig he is a pig on top and two cow legs and an udder on the bottom
0: yeah he's moo shoe pork
2: that's right what a pun
1: yeah he's terrifying he's <laughs> disgusting <laughs> so so he gets mad and he goes oh hey I can flip that switch too uh, and it makes Just this electric, like, sort of line across the floor that you have to jump over. And you basically have to bait him into chasing you so that you can make a loop through the level to hit the switch again to shock him and you have to do that a few times
2: yeah and it's like a nice little the camera doesn't move at all so that's fun and yeah it's just this nice little environment where you get to like flex your like muscles a little bit you just get to experience platforming in the game and avoiding obstacles and stuff like that yeah it's pretty good it's it's basically just like a skill check before you get to the next segment of the game which is where things really heat up Mm Mm-hmm. Now, uh, after this, I'm a little less familiar with the order of levels, so correct me if I'm wrong on any of this, but I think that the next area that you unlock is the... Well, first, I'm going to describe the overworld for a little bit. Like I said, in the first part, you have a thing where you can go left or right or forward, and if you go forward, that's where the the first boss is. Yeah. But if you turn around, there's this sort of, like, arch and then a hallway to the next area, which is this sort of four-way intersection where you've got... Three levels, one in each corner, and then the boss level in the last corner. And then if you go left in that room, there's this sort of, like, redded out area. And if you go through that red gate, it takes you to, like, a floating platform that brings you to the next set of levels. And then in that set of levels, the first one that you'll see is, uh, the Umpire Strikes Out, which is the Rocket Channel. That's right. Yeah.
1: So I I actually couldn't figure out, the, the Ride the Rocket mission, I couldn't figure out where I was supposed to go to do that, and I ended up doing the second mission instead twice in a row, and I was like, well, I'm not trying a third time.
2: Yeah, this level also introduces the oxygen mechanic, which is only in the rocket channel levels. And not the water level.
1: <laughs> that was surprisingly not irritating to me. It got more irritating for me in the second space level. Oh
2: yeah. Yeah, the second space level is called "Pain in the Asteroids," and that is not just a pun. <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't get to the second space level. It's really far out. I think it's like one of the it's second to last. It's far
0: out. Yeah, it, it basically is one the second just to last like level. Just like space. Okay. Yeah, man. Uh. <laughs> I'm gonna give the. Set, I'm gonna give like. I think I might give the first base. Ah, uh, maybe we'll give it
1: a thumbs up. I'm gonna give it a thumbs up. I like it thematically. The, the music is
2: very good.
0: Yeah, it's got that space grandeur.
2: Yeah, it's the music is really good. Also, Star Wars
0: references.
1: Yeah. Uh, I also like that during the bit where you have to jump over moving, like, death wires, and it, like, bends around, they play... God, what is that song? That... dun dun na na, na. Like that bit.
2: Oh, Flight of the Bumblebee. Or no, yeah. that's not Flight of the Bumblebee. That's uh, Dance of the... I was about to say yes to
1: Flight of the Bumblebee, and I didn't even <laughs> think about it. Is that Dance of the Sugar Plum Fairies? Uh,
2: no. I don't know. It's... No, it's not. You... But yeah, Yes. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and it was it was very well-placed to be like, oh, yes, you have to be graceful, because you're in space and you're dodging deadly lasers. Yeah, dude, you, you got to be spaceful. you got to be... Sp- <laughs> oh, 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 oh. All right. Now, I think
2: that the next level in that area, correct me if I'm wrong, is the prehistory channel-themed level, and it's Pangea 90210. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think so. Yeah. And this one is a really cool level because it's sort of built around a mountain that you have to climb, so you're walking forward and going steadily up as you complete different challenges.
0: Yeah, it reminds me of Terry Land and Banjo-Tooie.
2: Yeah, for sure. It's mm-hmm. definitely got that vibe. There's a bunch of different levels like this in 3D games, but I like it quite a bit because it sort of lets you tackle one challenge at a time, but this is a very difficult level in my opinion. Mm-hmm. It presents you with a lot of new enemies that have sort of, like, more challenging attack patterns and stuff like that. Like, they'll chase you more, they're faster, yeah. they have sort of, like, different conditions you have to meet before you can kill them
1: this is definitely the area and the the kung fu level sort of gets into this too where there's very much a progression in difficulty for enemy design which i think is very cool yeah
2: i would agree with that and this is the first level where i think that like sort of like tail bounce camping (laughs) gets really useful
1: yeah i would also like to share my favorite quote from the prehistory channel which is
0: in a land
1: before time when saturday night live was funny (laughs) (laughs) I didn't get that quote. So that one really got me. It's great, because SNL is still happening.
2: (laughs) And still not funny. Yeah, it's like it's like the full house joke for the last game. Yeah, like
1: every every pop culture reference they make is really dated, but some of them have aged amazingly. And those are the ones that are still funny.
2: Every time he falls into a hole and says, Damn this pesky gravity, it gets me.
1: <laughs> I I like when he gets
0: uh when he gets like burn damage. Is it just me or am I engulfed in flames? Oh yeah. I would just like burn myself in like the main hub just like hear that. <laughs>
1: That is good.
2: Hey, apparently the, uh, European version has a replacement quote for that, which is...
1: I'm flaming! In the manly
0: way. That's in this version, too.
2: Yeah, actually, I also heard that. Oh, Uh, I never heard that one.
1: Yeah.
0: Oh, there's some good old-fashioned homophobia.
1: It's (laughs) the, the, um... It's it's aged, culturally. I mean I I still think it's I still think it's funny.
2: Oh, I forgot Toon TV is the one that has one of my favorites which is Damn IRS Hold on a second, what? He just says damn IRS sometimes.
1: It's like the second or third IRS joke in this game. There are so many many jokes that I just don't understand.
2: I mean, this game is like 20 years old or something.
1: Yeah, like there's a quote in Circuit Central where he goes,
0: I love that guy, he's
1: not housebroken. (laughs) This is... This is clearly like a reference to something where somebody says that.
2: That's the one that got you? I'm more on like the ones where he just makes direct references to people that I just don't know.
1: That, the thing is, about this quote is that I know it's a reference. Because there's no way it's just a joke because it doesn't make sense as a joke but right. I had to think about it to realize that because it doesn't it doesn't make it obvious that it's a reference it just it doesn't make sense that it would be anything other than a reference and I don't know what it's a reference to like I could google Richard Simmons to understand the This looks like an all nighter at Richard Simmons house joke I could I could google that but
0: <laughs> I don't know they had a they did Halloween at Rick James in the last game
2: that's something
0: all right Real quick, another one. Sorry, this is also Circuit Central.
2: All this technology
1: so fat guys can hear Rush Limbo.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, that's still relevant. It's still true, a little bit. There, There is a, uh, Resopolis is a level that's like way, 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 way late in the game. It's yeah. the last and, level. Well, it's sort of like a secret bonus level almost.
0: No, I think it's, I mean, or is that you definitely get to it before
2: the the last boss. There are two Rezopolises, that's right. Oh. There's, what? there's a there's a bonus one in the the the, the second one is not in the N sixty four game. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. Sorry. Yeah, so no, the first no. uh the first Rezopolis has a quote which I really liked, which the quote is
1: At least I'm not at the DMV.
2: I like scroll down and
0: I'm like, I know the one that Steven's gonna say. <laughs> Cause that's a that's that's oh that's never gonna change.
2: I am deeply offended by the DMV. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's true, that's true.
2: Yeah, there's a bunch of IRS jokes, there's another one on which is... Welcome to the only thing more evil than IRS headquarters. So,
1: is it just me, or is, like, the average humor level on these quotes, like, way lower than the first one?
0: Yeah, because you have more quotes. If you play the 64 version, it's basically like playing Gex 1.
1: So, so Gex 1 had some gems in there, and it was mostly, like, kinda garbage. But this game is like, so here are two funny lines and a sea of uninteresting or quotes quotes that I don't understand, at the very least.
2: I think it has more to do with the not understanding it yeah. thing.
1: But I, I also, like, I maintain references are not the same as jokes,
2: you know? Like. I mean, that's, like, I don't think, like, this whole game is a reference. That's the problem, is that yeah. this game is about, like, the big mood of TV. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Like like I think if if you say like if if you take a reference and replace one of the words with gex, at least that like twists the reference. Yeah, but then it would turn into Bubsy.
2: You mean like what? You mean like what we did? Yeah. Talking about like what we did with titling these episodes. Yeah, like that's at least like that makes it a pun, roughly. You're just you're just like saying that we're better. Than we are thing. better than, is than what Dex. you're trying to do.
1: That's I personally
2: am funnier than the right. <laughs>
0: Are are we still going to rate levels?
2: Well, uh, I think we've talked about each of the themes. The space level feels, I don't know if we actually talked about the design of it, but the space level has a similar tube design, except that there's not, like, it's a lot of um, bottomless pits, basically.
1: Yeah, it's really treacherous. It's also very windy. Like, it's a tube, but it's not the same direction all the time. It changes directions a lot. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Because it's space. And that helps keep you from falling into bottomless pits, because if it goes up and then doubles back on on itself and you fall, you don't fall to your death, which is nice.
0: In some points, yes.
1: In some points, not all. cuz like i said it's a lot worse in the second one than the first
0: one. Oh yeah. Yeah, the
2: second one is really 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 hard. But uh that we talked about the first iteration of each sort of level theme and i think that that's that's good. Yeah. Isaiah, you didn't really get to talk to get to play more past like that area, right?
1: Yeah, that's that's roughly like i think i played one or two levels after that. I got to play the second circuits like, circuit level which was in like the third area i think. Yeah, it's
2: in the same it's in the uh green space where you fight um, Mecha Rez.
1: Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't, I didn't fight Mecha Rez. I didn't get all the way through that area. Mecha Rez is a great boss fight.
2: It's a really fun boss fight.
0: Like, I thought it was gonna be really difficult, but it was not, but I
2: had fun. It's, yeah, it's just, like, really, what would you call it, like... Action-packed? Yeah, well, it's just, like, easy. Like, it's an easy fight that it feels, like, good, like, to just beat the crap out of, like, a giant yeah. robot. What's the, I'm, there's, like, a specific term that I'm looking for that I can't think of. It, Indulgent. Indulgent is the word that I'm looking Indulgent. for. It's just, yeah, you're just like, you're going in on the enemy in a way that's like really easy. He's like a complete pushover if you understand his like pattern. Mm-hmm, and you mm-hmm. just get to beat the crap out of him. It's really fun.
0: Also, the last level is really great. You were we were talking about a little bit, but just the, the res level where you, you put your skills to the test and all that.
2: Yeah, the final level of the game right before the boss, it's not really, it's, it's difficult to call it the final level because generally you'll play this before you play all the red remote levels.
0: Yeah, well, but what's weird is that I actually I actually clipped into the level because like <laughs> if you're supposed to like get a certain amount of remotes and then like this mouth opens kinda of like in Donkey Kong sixty four. But I like yeah. just jumped I was just able to squeeze through there and play the level early.
2: Yeah, there's a couple of like weird things you can do like that. Like this also has some of the Sonic Adventure 2 stuff in the space levels where you can sort of jump from one platform to another in some of the space levels. Yeah. Even though you're not supposed to get there if you can just angle it right. But uh the, yeah, the final level of the game, the challenge that you have to beat before you fight the final boss is this, it's got the sort of box room design where you have a small point a to point b and then when you do that you get a tiny challenge and then you go to another like slightly bigger challenge and it sort of has that uh, pattern progression through about like seven rooms or so right but it gives you a ton of life like you, you have a ton of the fly power-ups I, I don't think we've actually talked about it but this game brings back some of the flies
0: but they don't really they're not as interesting though
1: it's it's pretty similar to the first game's system it's just much simpler yeah i feel yeah. like it corrects
0: the problems you had with it
1: Yeah, I I like it a lot more personally. But, like,
0: the Fire and Ice power-ups are just invincibility. They don't really add anything...
1: Yeah, I, I never got the ice power-ups, I only ever got the fire one. Well,
0: let me tell you, they're just about the same.
2: If you hold down the tail button with fire, and you walk around, there's a fire trail, and I don't know if that does anything.
0: I don't think it does anything, I think it's just an aesthetic.
2: If you run around in the circle, fireworks come out. Oh, okay. That's pretty cool. So if you hold down square and run around in a circle, fireworks come out. Did not know that until this playthrough. <laughs> Speaking of running in a circle, Gex's turn
1: radius sucks.
2: I think that's on purpose, mostly.
1: Yeah, like, it's just... It's annoying when you miss a power up and then you run in a circle three times being oh, like, okay. why can't I get this power up?
2: That is not the result of the power up. That not is the, the result.
1: Not the power up, the collectible. Oh, well, then just use the tail. Yeah. That's, that's what I learned later, is that you can use the tail and just collect power ups easier. Oh, yeah.
2: I never collected the power up by walking through it. I always collected by hitting them with my, my yeah. tail. And the reason for that is, as a kid, when you hit the power up with your tail, it makes like a whip sound. And I just like that. <laughs> Yeah, that's real. So I would avoid actually collecting them with, like, Gex himself and try to, like, whip all of them that I could. Interesting. And that just developed into me understanding that that's actually the optimal strategy for the game. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But, uh, yeah, I feel like the final level is really cool. It tests your skills in a really challenging way, but without being, like, annoying, because it gives you a lot of checkpoints. Yeah. And it gives you a lot of life. (laughs) Compared to the other levels. Well, the other levels only have one
1: checkpoint per level, right? Yeah, and some of them only
0: work for like certain objectives. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There are plenty of objectives where you just will never encounter that checkpoint.
2: Yeah, but no level in this game is longer than like two minutes really. Yeah,
1: that's true. It can be long the first time through because you're taking it more slowly. Right.
2: And you're like just soaking in the environment because that's kind of the big deal in this game.
0: Yeah. Hey Isaiah. Yeah? Did you get to the bonus police level? Uh, yes so there's a dead body when you start in that level i just want yeah. to put that out first of all that's pretty yeah, cool Yeah, there's
2: a dead body there's
1: just a dead body in
0: but that but also also the music like i don't it's like definitely riffing on a specific song and my mind wants to say bad boys but i don't think it's bad boys and i want to know if any of you had a some, some insight that's what
2: that. it always reminded me of but it might be just like another it might be a reference to like a police show
1: It
0: it definitely sounds like some, like, really famous
1: 80s, 90s song.
2: I mean, it's definitely
1: 80s, like... I'm... I'm... Really not well versed enough in popular culture to to weigh in on that meaningfully.
2: Anyway, I like that song. I think that's one of the better songs in the game. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I agree. I think I think the kung fu level music is one of the strongest, and then yeah. that's up there.
2: I think the kung fu, the main theme of the game that oh, it plays yeah. while you're on the overworld is amazing. It's wonderful. The circuit central power up, like the electricity specific power up songs, are really good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I liked the Aztec two step song. <laughs>
1: I.
0: I'm, I'm trying to remember what, like, Gex says in that level. Like, he said, Hey, hit your pedal to the middle, catch your ten-ten on the side. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I, it's so weird, and I love it. The, the music yeah. is pretty good. Uh, I just wish that the 64 was a bit up to par, but like I said, the Kung Fu Theater had really good music for the 64. Yeah. yeah. I want to... Before we, like, you know, wrap up, I do want to talk about the final boss and the ending a bit.
2: I think that's the last thing we need to talk about.
0: So, Steven, what did you think about the final boss? Because...
2: I really enjoyed the first phase. Yeah. The second phase is probably, like, on par with Sonic 2 for the Game Gear. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, no. So let's so, let, let, let's
0: break it down. So the first phase, uh, Rez is going to, like, charge at you immediately. He's, like, kind of floating around in a jetpack. And you you want to tail slap him before he gets, like, his armor back because it'll make a clanging sound if you try to hit him if too late. Well,
2: yeah. Yeah, what happens is he's invincible, but once he charges, he'll hit the wall, and then he's dazed.
0: yeah. And then you can slap him, and then he'll go towards this, like, central, like, electrical vortex and get damaged. And then after that, he's going to go into, like, this first-person mode and blast rockets at you. And I I really like that. And you got to jump. I usually just kind of jump around. Some people recommend the long jump. That's another thing. We didn't mention that there's a long jump.
2: Yeah, because it's not really... It doesn't make you jump any longer. (laughs) It kind of does, but, like... Yeah,
1: it, it locks your direction. It does make you jump longer, but...
0: But, like, in Super Mario 64 or Donkey Kong 64, it's just, like, a really cool way to get around, even if it's not as, like, flexible as those. Yeah, Yeah, it's
2: also, like, a karate tail kick, which is way cooler than Mario's or Donkey Kong's. Yeah, and it does damage.
0: Like, you don't even press the B button. That's so cool that you can do damage without pressing the B button. Mm
2: -hmm. Yeah, it's great for if there's an enemy, like, after a platform, and you're like, oh, how am I going to deal damage to that without, you know.
0: But anyway, you avoid his uh his uh, first person shooter rockets and you can actually make him run to the electricity instead of hitting him to damage yeah, him. But it, you have to you have to hit him 3 times, so hopefully you don't have to go to the first person segment twice. But after that, yeah. he like turns off the electricity and then he gets super big and then it's like one of those boss fights where you go around them.
2: Yeah, it's like a Crash Bandicoot style boss fight in my experience.
0: Yeah. And so what he does is that he'll do like some arm swipes. Well, he'll do one arm swipe and then he'll like do eye lasers. And then there's like this toxic tube that shows up, and you have to have Res like slam with his fist and he gets three tries the first time but like it's so precise that I have no idea like where exactly I'm supposed to stand and you have you definitely like need to
2: I can break down the science for you if you'd like
0: you have to like get out of the way in just the right fashion but then you if he hits it uh, TV will land on him but the thing yeah. is a, after you hit him he'll take away a, 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 a fist down which means it's gonna be really hard because the, the tubes don't like appear in a consistent manner
2: yeah, basically, the problem with this fight is, like Charlie said, it the pattern changes slightly each time. Basically, you get one hand swipe the first go, two the second, and three the third. You have to hit him three times.
0: But he also takes away a, a hand slam, so... Yes.
2: So, the first time that you do it, it's pretty easy to get him to attack the thing that you need. You basically just need to know where to stand, which is, there are three different places that the, like, green tubes can appear, or three different ranges that they can appear. They can be close, near, or far away from him, and the <laughs> They appear in random locations, so it's difficult to get to the one that you need to in a short amount of time. But the first round, he hits the floor three times, which means you can pretty much get in a full circle. So as long as you're where you need to be by the third hit, you're fine. And he has three different moves based on how close you are to him, just like he has three different like distances for the poles. So you need to basically be standing either to the left of a faraway pole, to the left of a middle pole, or like behind a close-to-him pole. And like I said, it's pretty easy to do that when he has three attacks but by the third phase, his attack comes out so fast right. that unless you're already where you need to be, you can't deal damage to him, so it's essentially random whether whether or not you'll be able to get the third hit.
1: Yeah.
0: But, like, still, it's so, like, fickle, like, because it looks like he's going to hit the button, but he doesn't hit it, and so... <sighs> It, it. This boss took me. It gave me a lot of game overs. It took a lot more effort than it needed to, but I did beat yeah. it. So I guess I can say that to my younger self.
2: I did too. It like this was the only time I ever got a game over. Also, Rez is <laughs>
0: freaky. He's like a scrap oh, xenomorph. He's super scary looking. Like, if I... If I... It's a good thing I didn't have this on PS1, because if I saw Rez for the first time, like, through the cutscene, intro cutscene, I'd probably never want to turn it on. Yeah, he's He's, pretty
2: rough. He's very, like, Hellraiser-y. But... Can can I talk about the ending? Yeah, the PS4 ending, or the PSX ending.
0: (laughs) What are you, Isaiah? (laughs) So, Rez is, like, trapped in a TV, and then he tells him, like, haphazardly that he's Gex's father, and he says... He fell into his scrap heap trying to get free cable even though as explained the last the game he died in a nasa accident so i just take that <laughs> yeah. as him trying to fake it to just have his life spared but yeah don't worry he'll be in the next game
2: and then gex turns the tv off and says let's go play catch in the park or something
0: <laughs> what is it that he says are you talking about like after the that sequence or
2: yeah he turns off the tv and he says How's about we forget
1: all this and go play Catch in the Yard?
2: Or something, like... Uh, I don't I don't even know. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> after that, he shows up in a hotel room with a martini and a human woman on the, the bed in the hotel room. Yeah,
0: she's from the Pandemonium Games, which is another uh, game by Crystal Dynamics.
2: Yeah, and then he, like, a fly comes around and he destroys it and his martini with his tongue. And then he presumably sleeps with this human woman. I don't like that. It's off camera. If that made
0: you uncomfortable, just wait until the next game. Yeah, boy, howdy.
1: Oh. Get ready for Gix 3, baby. All right. So, so this seems like a good time to put my favorite quote and put favorite in
2: quotes. <laughs> <laughs> Is it?
1: A little time now, a lot of tale later.
2: Yeah, that's the one. You thought that that was uh, just a weird, nope, that's the most context-sensitive quote in the entire thing.
1: He says that whenever he grabs a ledge, because he grabs it with his tongue, which is
2: high quality writing. Licking my way to the top. Is probably the quote that I like the most in this game.
1: (laughs) He says that when he enters
0: a level too, out of those uh, those, uh, tail and tongue phrases. Yeah. Yeah. He also says stuff like,
1: tail time! Yeah, like... Oh yeah, yeah, it's tail time. He's a bachelor. (laughs) There's quotes such as "It's tail time" and "All right, it's tail time."
2: Okay, see you reading it like that does not do <laughs> it justice.
1: It's tail time. It's tail time.
0: It's tail time. It's tail time. All right, it's tail time. He's not Dana Gould, and he's definitely not uh, Leslie Phillips.
1: I'm not Dana yeah. Gould, and I'm also not that other person you said.
2: Le- Leslie Phillips.
1: <laughs> I I really I really don't care for the writing in this game for the most part.
2: I don't. I think that you're like. Your problem with it is that there's just way more quotes, which is weird No because
1: no because if the if the quotes were good I would like them
2: <laughs> like. no but no like that's not what I'm saying what I'm saying is more than the last game because the the quotes are about the same quality. It's just there's like there half of them are good in the previous game.
1: There's proportionally fewer bad ones. Or there's proportionally fewer good ones, I mean, in this game.
2: No, I think there's the same amount of good ones, you just don't hear them as often because you didn't get as far as Charlie Knight. Well, Night that's,
1: Night that's also true that I didn't get as far as you guys.
2: Yeah, like you just didn't hear all of the quotes. Mm-hmm. I think there's the same number of good ones, there's just like more quotes in this game. Yeah.
0: There's a gecko on my tail. R2, see what you can do with it.
2: I butchered that. <laughs>
1: Let's go to thumbs
2: up, thumbs down. <laughs> so, Isaiah, I want to hear what you have to say.
1: Here's 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 a good quote. I didn't laugh when I heard it, but I was like, alright, this is better than... Like just a reference. So in the space level, he goes, Scotty,
0: beat me into an Ivy League sorority house.
1: <laughs> and I'm like, that is that is a positive, like, that's that's a, a good way to say, hey, we're gonna reference this bit. They actually made a joke out of it, and I'm like, I respect this.
0: I also don't but I don't like the implications of that.
1: Yeah, I mean me neither, but I appreciate as The effort. I like as a joke, I like it. <laughs> Not yeah. as somebody who has received a joke, you know. Somebody
2: who received
1: I'm not an- as an audience member, I don't like it, but as someone who is a joke, I respect
2: it. You There's know? a Rocket Channel quote, which is, Is that a lightsaber? You're just
1: happy to see me. Yeah. Okay, so are we- are we thumbs?
2: Isaiah, I asked you specifically
1: whether or not you were thumbs up. Okay, now we're- now we're thumbs. Um, I really can't decide if I'm thumbs up or down. <laughs> I'm giving it a thumbs up. Like, even with how bad the
0: sixty-four version is, I I still like it. At least the manual gives you some context and this this is just a this is a me thing, but I like the aesthetic of having sixty-four at the end of a title. Like people call super <laughs> yeah. 64, Superman sixty four Superman sixty four, but that doesn't actually have sixty-four in it, so it doesn't count. But I just like games having sixty-four, it's like how things had super in the Super Nintendo. And then yeah. with DS adding DS or three D, 3D, three DS, it's just like eh, not as much. The money, DS does it
2: way better because a lot of the times it's not just DS, it's called like like something with that starts with a D something that starts with an S. Right. Yeah. Like Dawn of Sorrow is like a really cool title of a game but it's also like Castlevania DS. Yeah. But like I said Gek 64
0: would recommend if you don't have a PS1 but definitely get on PS1.
1: I struggled not to compare this to similar 3D platformers of the time. I mean you should like Like Mario or Banjo, right? This did come out, at least the PS1 version,
0: before Banjo. I want to make that clear.
2: Yeah, it was early in the 3D platforming, like.
0: But also, Banjo just has too many collectibles. Well, not too many. That's Donkey Kong sixty four. No.
1: It came out the same year as Sonic Adventure, and it came out two years before Super Mario oh sixty four.
2: Hey, well, oh for comparing God. it to Sonic Adventure, I'll tell you this one could like controls better than Sonic Adventure.
1: Oh God, you made me feel old, not old. But <laughs> that, that's so weird. I mean, so we haven't we haven't played Sonic Adventure, so officially speaking, it doesn't exist yet. Yeah. But I feel like I mean, comparing it to that and comparing it to Super Mario sixty four, I gotta give it a thumbs down because it really. really? It Wait, hold on, are you
2: saying it's worse than Sonic Adventure? It's
1: worse than Sonic Adventure, yes.
2: Alright, so we'll have to fight during the next episode. I mean, episode. it might be
1: worse, but I, I like both games, so, yeah. I
2: think that this game controls just as well as Sonic Adventure does. <laughs>
0: I don't know. I mean, yeah, we'll 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 get there. You gotta remember, Gex doesn't roll around at the speed of sound.
2: I never found myself having like such a hard time with the jump that I didn't want to play. Which, when I heard that you did, I was kind of confused by that. And I think that I, that is largely to do with the fact that you played more than like half of the levels that you played with manual mode off.
1: I played I played less than half of the levels that I played with manual off. But you played what three of them with it off? Yeah, I played three with it off. And then you played four with it on? Yeah, four or five. That's about half. (laughs) But anyway, (laughs) yeah, I spent a long time with it on semi-automatic. Which is awful. Which is really bad. Would not recommend. When you boot up that game, first thing you do, change those camera settings. I swear.
2: That's the first thing I do in any game is check the options. Yeah. I can't see why you were confused by the icons, though. They look cool, but they do not represent cameras at all. They are
1: not very good at visually conveying that there's camera. and it doesn't say camera setting semi-automatic whatever it just says semi-automatic manual and auto
2: yeah my girlfriend asked if those were like the settings for Gex's rifle
1: for some reason i assumed it was the auto save settings which the more i think about yep, it the less sense that makes semi-automatic saving <laughs> yeah like <laughs> no to be to be fair <laughs> to be fair <laughs> it could auto it just like quick
2: saves for you every 10 minutes.
1: It, to be fair, it could auto save every time you enter a new loading zone and then you manually save after each stage, which you do. You do manually save after each stage. Yep. So. Qu- <laughs> okay. So I, I overall, I give this game a thumbs down.
2: All right, what about you, Stephen? Well, I was going to give it a thumbs up forever. There's no way I'm giving this game a thumbs down. This game is great. Yeah. It's got tons of things to do. It's got, like, tons of unique level designs that actually work for being an early era in 64 3D platformer. The game f- has, like, a lot of different mobility options that feel cool. It's not so demanding of skill that it's impossible to beat, but it's still challenging to, like, 100%. The game offers you all of these neat environments to explore in really cool ways because Gex can, like, cling to walls. You get to see environments.
0: Only some walls this time.
2: Yeah not every wall but enough walls that I feel like you get to see these environments in really cool ways like especially in the circuit levels and the despite how bad they are the Scream TV levels when you get on the ceiling it looks really neat to see that horror environment inverted and like just exploring the marbled like overworld is really fun because the music is so good Mm -hmm. and it feels like this I don't know part of it feels like low budget like Isaiah described but another part of it feels like this unique environment that like
0: I mean it's low budget but not in a bad way.
2: Yeah, it feels minimalistic as opposed to low budget. And when you get to the final area of that section, the the marble stones are, like, ripped apart and floating in midair, like, offset for yeah. each other. So they're, like, different directions and it looks like they were destroyed. Which is completely different from every other area that looks, like, nice and cleanly made like a museum or something. Mm-hmm. So that is really foreboding for the final boss. And I love just details like that. Yeah, the game does really get details. Like, a lot of yeah. the time.
1: It just it feels like those details are very spread out, which is interesting.
2: Well, and even in the previous game, we had levels that, like, mostly for the most part looked the same within worlds. Uh, the Tune area did a much better job where it had slightly different settings. Yeah. But in this game, TVs that have the same theme but, like, different level names feel completely different. Like, the Kung yeah. Fu level that is not the first one, the second one, mm-hmm. is, like, this cool floating platform section around, like, a giant Chinese tower. Yeah. As opposed to the small, like, the more urban, like, town type thing. And same with, like, the tune level, you kind of explore a, It's It's more samey than the previous ones. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's still got more unique environments and, like, obstacles for you to deal with. And then the, uh the pre pre-his- the prehistory level you end up in a cave for the second one and it's got a completely different feel from the mountain that you are in the first one
0: i yeah. i just remembered that uh it, it's a very like it's a bit of a lowbrow gag but the the space level has like a sign that says a uh, dr uranus free exams <laughs> and he's like putting that glove on in a foreboding way i, I really like that all right yeah. and just so just i want to make this clear gex may have only had 3 games but technically speaking, so did Banjo, if we're not going to yeah. count, like, portable games.
2: Yeah, I was going to say that, like, I feel like Gex and Banjo have, like, some pretty similar shoes on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but Bubsy still has a one-up on them, so we need to, we need to change oh, that. Oh, boy. Yeah, we got to beat Bubsy.
1: Hashtag beat Bubsy. I actually, I mean, I've been molding it over since last week. I really am curious about how, like, a modern Gex would be would be like just need sort a Stranger of, like,
0: Things level
1: well because so because here's the interesting <laughs> thing to me is that it's phrased as TV but they call it the media dimension yeah so it doesn't have to just be TV
2: no yeah there would definitely be a lot of like music references and stuff yeah hey and look South
1: America like, the internet as the main source of media <laughs> consumption has exploded like in the past 20 years yeah, so not
0: so not so dork.com now is it gex
1: yeah, Jesus. So you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of potential. Like for example, there could be an entire episode about the No Spin Dash Zone podcast. Uh, <laughs> that would be way too meta. <laughs> All right. So are you sure you're a thumbs down? It's a it's really close. Like this is definitely overall a big improvement on the original Gex. There are some ways in which I feel like it's worse. But I feel like my general experience was much better.
2: I feel like the biggest thing it loses is just the fact that it's an early three D game. Yeah, like, but
0: it's not a bad two D to three D transition. I'm, yeah, that's yeah, what I'm thinking. It like, is a I'm, very
1: good transition to three D, which is very cool. Uh, like, I
2: think that this game is like on the level with Mario sixty four. And I'm
1: definitely and I'm definitely not comparing it to like. Super Mario Galaxy like I'm not I'm not holding it to that standard
2: honestly even if you did I feel like this game and Galaxy are designed in somewhat fundamentally similar ways like the only I don't know the only vast improvement is like the camera controls (laughs) the camera controls are
1: vastly improved
2: yeah but like other than that it's got the same like each level has a unique theme and design ethos yeah I actually got the same
1: design structure vibe from the space levels which was interesting. Yeah.
2: Yeah, like I think this game is really really interestingly designed in every level. It's definitely worth playing, for sure. Like like I'm honestly surprised that you're giving it a thumbs down because I know you gave the previous game a thumbs down just because of like the obscene difficulty at the beginning and then like the just not amazing level design the whole way through. Yeah. Gex
1: 1 was a was a mostly negative experience with some things to redeem it, whereas yeah. I think this game was like a mostly neutral experience. With almost equal like positive and negative elements involved. Well,
2: I I don't know. I think that like this game has something cool to look at and see around every corner. Like I don't know. It, honestly, it something like the quotes are the thing that's dragging it down for you.
1: I don't know. It's. I mean, it's not just the quotes. I talk about how the game feels like low budget or whatever, and I think that's that's an issue that I had with Gex One, but it was amp. It's amplified from the fact that it's now in 3D.
2: Yeah, it's an early 3D game. Yeah. I think that it feels low-budget, again, as much as any... Like, I think Banjo-Kazooie is the first, like, N64 game that looked like it was designed by, like, artists. And not just (laughs) utilitarian, like... But that's the thing about Gex is that I think it offsets that by having all of the, like, referential stuff and all of the, like, theming elements in each level that Mm. make it... Because in Mario 64, like, yeah, there are water levels or, like, cool towers and stuff. And, like, the level design in Mario World is, like... Or not Mario World, sorry. Super Mario 64. The level design is really cool. Each level feels unique. But, like, it feels like a bunch of blocks that are just kind of either, like, wood or stone yeah or brick well yeah bricks are stones but yeah <laughs> they don't really like do anything interesting yeah and I think that that's where like Gex has it beat but Gex loses where Mario succeeds in like the mobility environment I think
1: yeah. It's, it's it's tricky for sure. I don't know. I It's it's hard, because one thing I haven't brought up, and I'm not holding this against Gec- Gex, because this is literally very much a technical limitation of the draw distance isn't very good, and I feel like I didn't notice that issue in Super Mario 64, and I'm not sure exactly what the difference is. But I'm, I'm not holding that against Gex, because I, like, you did know... Did you ever
2: hold the triangle button
1: down? Uh, Yeah, I did.
2: That adjusts the draw distance slightly. And it does. Like it-
1: well, because it zooms the camera in... And And so the field of view is a little bit different, smaller, so it can render more things. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It's it's tricky. Like, I I don't know if I necessarily have the words to articulate it, but I, I feel like it's a worse experience than other games that came out at around that same time,
2: you know? So, have you decided for sure that it's worse than Mario 64, is that where you're standing?
1: It's (laughs) it's definitely definitely worse than, yeah, it's worse than Mario 64 in my opinion. It's been a while since I've played Mario 64, but it hasn't been that long.
2: I think that Gex is really cool, and I don't think that it's an amazing game, but I don't think that hardly any of the 3D platformers that came out in like the first four years of the N64 are very good games. All right, so that's so, my stance on this. That's fair. We we do have to wrap up because this
1: episode is going to be a long boy if we stick but I to love this talking about guests. But you know what? And I I respect it because it's it's barely a thumbs down for me. Like it's it's very close to a
2: thumbs up, uh, but it's not quite there. All right. Well, you can find us at No on Twitter, and you can email us using the email No Zone at gmail.com. You can also see a stream on Wednesdays, and that's through No Spinach Zone on Twitch
1: twitch.tv slash no spin zone you can also follow me on twitter at isaiah games twitter.com slash isaiah games that's i-s-i-a-h games uh, i tweet jokes i tweet about game development stuff that i work on and other things uh, cool stuff that i'm doing because i'm always doing something worth following me on twitter for my pitch is <laughs> deteriorating slowly over time uh, but yeah follow me on twitter speaking of
0: always doing something i draw stuff every day on my twitter draws charlie that's C h a r l i e. I don't know the. I don't like the people who spell it
1: e y, but it happens. <laughs> you but don't, yeah, really. you don't like every them. Day, what? You don't like them personally. Uh. Well, it's not the
2: people. It's not the people who are named Charlie. It would be their parents. Okay. You don't like the parents. He the doesn't people who. like people who spell it e y. He doesn't I, like if the if parents because if they're. You're, the you if you're
0: offended by this, uh, send us an email. <laughs>
1: Yeah, send us, send us, oh, hi, yeah, I really don't like the way that you insulted the way I spell my name. The way my parents spell my name. So, I'm not listening to the podcast anymore. Have a nice night, everyone. Alright, see you guys.
0: Daddy wants air! Daddy wants air!
2: We'd like to thank the LAG Network for making our episodes available on platforms like iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and lots more. If you're listening on YouTube and you'd like to keep up with our episodes on one of these audio platforms, just search for the LAG Radio Network and follow their feed.